Blog Talk Radio.
All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Reignite My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reignite My Heart, we'll discuss God's answer to life's problems, to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website, where you can send your questions, comments, or even prayer requests. Also, for those who may be on social media, you can go on Reconnect My Heart podcast.com that's reconnect my heart podcast.com as well as if you're on uh, Facebook or any other social media feel free to come on on my Facebook page at brotherprater.com brother Prater, excuse me at brother Prater on my Facebook page brother Prater also what I want to do I want to give a special special Acknowledgement, we have a very special guest. I really want to go ahead and go on with the show. We have a very special guest, a young man that's been on our show, a young man that I look up to, and he's a very outstanding young man. And if you don't mind giving me a second, I want to make sure that I tag him on here. There he is. I want to make sure I tag him. So if you give me a second, make sure that he's tagged on here. Okay, we had we had a little difficulties. There he is. He's tagged on here now. We had a little difficulties, but we are on here, and we're almost on time. So I thank God for that. So now, without further moment ado, uh, it's a young man that's been a great activist within our community, a young man that's not only uh, saving souls, but he's saving lives. He's a young man that I've got a chance to meet, um, some time ago, and it was actually my honor for me to meet him. I wanted to make sure uh, whenever I see somebody doing something uh, within the community, within the church, or just whatever, I like to get a chance to really just meet them, especially if I've seen their work. I want to encourage them. Oftentimes, many people that pour out, they very seldom have people to pour back into them. And so even just me, just meet him and just shake his hand, I wanted to just do that. And so um, a young man I got a chance to meet and became very fond of, and uh, he's here to talk, to talk to us about his current book or even past book. He, uh, he's an author, uh, like I said, a minister, an activist, a community activist. And without further moment ado, I would like to introduce to you all, back to Reconnect My Heart podcast, our very own Pastor James Turnick. How you doing today, sir? Back on this dynamic broadcast on We Connect My Heart podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I'm just excited uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I uh, when I got a chance to get the invitation from you, I wanted to get you on here as soon as possible because I know you're a young man, a high demand, you're very busy, 
And so I wanted to go ahead and take advantage of having you here you came to minister to us as well as really just give us some insights on what's going on, especially pertaining to, to this current climate. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. going on, and I know that you have your finger to the pulse pertaining to the community. And so I want to give you the freedom, the opportunity for you to be able to just, just share with us what the Lord lay upon your heart in any way. Yes, I'm you know, I'm just so elated. You know, I'm uh, I'm a pastor, an apostle and I've been in ministry over thirty years and I've been blessed to do a lot of different ministries to um all kind of evangelistic ministries, teaching schools and colleges and stuff like that. So I went into politics um probably about twenty years ago and volunteering and then I started wearing office, I think it was 2015, uh, as a chair uh, in the Democratic Party. I started getting more. And I found out once I got involved, the more I got involved, that we had so many problems. And I found more people sleeping on the mattresses than I did uh, in ministry. I found more people that were out and, uh, and just in all kind of trouble. And so a lot of people said, we don't need activists no more. Well, Anytime there's an injustice, there's a need for somebody to um, look out for them, and that's what we do a lot um, on this current weekend past uh, formerly. You know, several women have been injustice. Some one woman had been raped, um, taken to jail supposedly by a Colon County um, sheriff's or police and put in a cell with men and raped. I don't know. We're going to find out more about that. We have to do an investigation. And then another young lady that had been trolled at Walmart who happened to be in Collin County, and the police have been giving her a difficult time. So we find ourselves, we're not trying to come against Collin County police or any police in particular, but we do have racial profiling and people being trolled and treated bad because of the race of their skin. So I felt like we need more books on leadership, and I started writing a book on leadership. And in the midst of that, I hired a coach. And the coach, she didn't throw me out, of course. I told her I wanted to put passion and purpose in my book on leadership. She said, well, write two smaller booklets. While I was writing the smaller booklets, because I believe uh, you don't see the passion that you should see in leadership. People are excited about leadership, and they don't and knowing the purpose. I just got through helping someone just probably 10, 15 minutes ago. And I was training them and coaching them. And I said to them, here is a planner. I said, what do you have on your schedule tomorrow? And she said, nothing. I don't have it. I just play it. I said, I need your service. I want you to put me on your schedule. Then I gave her one of my books. I said, start reading this. See, I gave her some purpose. She didn't have any purpose. She's a good person. She called me. She feel like I have no friends. I have nowhere to go. No purpose. And that's happening with a lot of people's lives. They, and so when you don't have any purpose, uh, people will pull you any kind of way, and you will find yourself in any kind of stuff. So she left smiling. She left uh, excited because she had some purpose. And so I gave her my new book, what I have out called Ordinary Day. So anyway, I stopped reading. I stopped writing the leadership book for such a time and wrote a marketing book. And in my prayer, I said, God, what's next? And it came to me, Ordinary Day. Well, I actually heard a sermon from Reverend Cornelius. I don't know if you heard from Dr. Evans. I'm not sure, but that's what my sister told me. And it touched my heart about David and Bathsheba. 
and how David, which was the king of his country, and he was a dynasty, and he had a city named after him. He won all the wars, and I guess he felt like he had accomplished a few things. He set up, he found himself setting up, instead of going to war in a time where kings should be going to war, David decides not to go to war. He stayed home in the palace and woke up in the evening in the springtime, and I looked up how I looked there during that season and that time. It's a blue in the, in the, in the evening night. And it turns purple. It's a lot of beautiful flowers and birds that flock to places like bulbs, and it's a beautiful place. And he went on the top of his rooftop, and and from his rooftop he saw the most beautiful, fine woman taking a bath in her own personal courtyard. And from that came lust, deception, rape, and a set-up murder, all from an ordinary day. That's King David who wrote the 23rd Psalm, and that's what our book is about. Uh, I did a great research on David, and I found some things out about David that I never, ever heard in my life. I found out that David, not on some places said David was the seventh son. Some places said David was the eighth son. Well, after I looked at them all, he was the eighth son. Eight represents a new beginning. God's doing a new thing. I think some people are tuning in right now, you need God to do something some new things in your life. Turn some things around for you. I believe that before the broadcast is over, God's going to turn around some things in your life today. If you believe it, give us witness, all right? Let us know. Let Brother Pray to know. And I just believe that God's going to change. And and the story goes that David's father, Jesse, who came out of the loins of Boaz and Ruth um, from Naomi, Naomi couldn't have any more children, so Ruth had a child with Boaz, and they gave it to Naomi. And so David's father, Jesse, was rich because Boaz was a rich man. He was famous, and they had seven sons. For three years, they stopped having a relationship, Jesse and his wife. It is said his, he had a secret crush on the maid. Can you believe that? Yeah. And so one day he told the maid, sell up. We're going to have relationship tonight. In other words, in layman terms, we're going to have intercourse tonight. We're going to have sex. And she was infuriated, but what could she do? The man was in charge. The men were in charge. What could she do? So she went and did the only thing she could do. She told the wife, and the wife said, go ahead and follow instructions. Take your baths and perfume up, and I have a plan. So at, at nighttime when it was dark, they did the old switcheroo, and they switched places. And David was born nine months later. Well, David's father said, that's not my baby. Uh, he thought for sure he had been with the maid. That was not my baby. And so David was the black sheep of the family. And I'm, many people out in the sound of my voice, maybe you've been the black sheep or you know somebody who's the black sheep of the family. David was the black sheep of the family, but through being through that process of being the black sheep of the family, they gave him the menial job, the small job, the little job to take care of the neighbor's sheep. you got to remember, these are rich people, and to run errands for his brothers and for the army. They didn't give him any big jobs. But through that, David learned how to pull into himself. Sometimes the things that you go through teach you how to pull into yourself. David learned how to pull. He learned how to play music, sing music, to such a degree that David was like billboard level in his time. He was like billboard magazine. He was top. People knew about him. He was His, his ministry of music was traveling all over the country. People had heard of David. He was familiar that it made it to the king's palace. It made it to places 
because people were talking about him. When you do something and you do it good, uh, it'll place you before great people. And I don't know what you're doing right now, but I do want you to know that you're going to do something good and it's going to place you before great people, that your destiny is right ahead of you, right around the corner. And so this is what happened to David, all from an ordinary day. He's a shepherd's boy, but his dad said, run these errands to the army and to the officers. And from that day, on David's way, little did David know, on that day his life was a change forever. He would become royalty all from an ordinary day. He heard some loud noise. He heard some talking. He heard, he said, what's that? They said, it's that giant. Who? The Philistine giant named Goliath. He come out every day. He's talking to the army Lord saying, bring me a man to fight with me. And if I kill him, y'all will serve us. If you kill me, we will serve y'all. And everybody amongst the, the Hebrews and Israelites were afraid. They were afraid every day. They were afraid. And so every day he would come, David said, well, well, let me ask you a question. He said, what? What would the man get that killed him? He said, well, the man going to get exempt uh, taxes from his family for the rest of their life. Really? He's going to get to marry the king's daughter, Michelle, for a while. Really? He's going to get a high position in the army. And so, wow. And so he said, he's going he's to get all that. David said, really? Tell him I'll fight. I'll be the man. <laughs> So while he was talking, David's brother came and said, David, you always meddling. You always in everybody's business. Listen, let me tell you something. You got to go past those that talk about you, those that want you uh, to be depressed, that put you down, that reject you, that say things about you. You got to walk into your destiny. You have been ordained. All of this happened on the ordinary day. David went into it and saw said, sit in him. And he bought Saul and Saul said, he's a boy. And they they tried to give him the armor of Saul, but it was too big. He said, no, I've got my own stuff. i got my own stuff. See, whatever you have is already enough. Whatever you're working with is already enough. And God's going to use what you have. And God's going to bless you with what you have and cause you to be a success with what you have. You have enough. Stop saying I don't have enough. I can't do it. Because God's going to change your life in an ordinary day. It's going to change from this to that. David went out and hit that big old Philistine one smooth stone and knocked him out and killed him and cut his head off with his own spear. And David was promoted and, and put over the army, made like a prince. He married the um, king's daughter who was a princess, and David, was, uh, by marriage, was a Prince Duke or something of high royalty, and it all happened on an ordinary day. Something good is going to happen to you today. Just for tuning in to this dynamic broadcast, something good is going to happen to you. Brother Prater is a man of God, and I thank God for Brother Prater. Thank God for him. He's a blessed man of God. And, and I David tell you, I'm so excited to be here. So David, we know of him. He became that mighty warrior in the army. And then he killed so many people. And ten, hundreds, and then thousands. And his name and his fame went through the place. 
and King Saul began to be upset about David. Because David was getting more PR, more newspaper, more publicity uh, than he was getting. (laughs) And so King Saul got a little upset about David. And sometimes people might get a little upset about you and about what God is getting ready to do. Yeah, the things that God's doing for you is going to make a lot of people upset. A lot of people are going to feel bad because God is getting ready to do some great things, and it was not the work of men, but this is the work of the Lord. And that's what happened to David. And David decided to do the work of the Lord. And he decided to be God's servant and to serve God wholeheartedly. And God made him a prince all in one day. And he married. And so Saul, again, had problems. And he began to be jealous of David. You're going to have people that are going to get jealous of you. I'm not talking to anybody. You have dealt with jealousy, rejection, hurt. People have backbitten, turned their back on you, left you. But that's okay. That's part of your program. You have to go that route. God has ordained for you to go this route. But this was designed to build you and not to kill you. And I just want to encourage you right now that I went through this very tough season and I've been through this very tough challenge that God wants you to know you are predestined to make it. And just like David made it, you're going to make it. You're going to do great things and no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against you is already condemned. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Listen to me. He has a plan for you. And it's a good plan. It's not a bad one. It's a great plan for you today. And so just like David, you shall prosper. Eventually Saul was killed, him and his son Jonathan. David ran from Saul for many years. You might have been on the run, but I want you to know you're getting ready to come back. And you're getting ready to come back stronger. You're getting ready to come back better than you've ever been like David. Amen, amen. I appreciate Brother Porter. And so when David came back, David came back and had made him captain. And then they came in a group and made him king. Somebody is going to be promoted. That's why David wrote the 23rd Psalm. He said he'd make a table before me in the presence of all my enemies. David said he's going to promote me in front of all of them that thought I was not going to be promoted. I'm talking to somebody that's going to be promoted and elevated to a higher place. And I know things may not look good right now, and things may not seem good right now, but I want you to know you're in the perfect place to get promoted. Do not be discouraged. Do not be let down. Don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. But in my Father's house of many mansions, if it was not so, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you one day. I'm coming back to receive you. Amen. I'm coming back to receive you. God loves you, man, and he's going to promote you like he promoted David and made David a king. He took him from a shepherd to a king, from a psalmist to a king, from a musician to a king. God's going to promote you from where you are to where you're going. He's going to take you out of that circumstance like he did Joseph, out of the pit, out of the prison, into the palace. There's nothing that God will hold back from those that love him, that serve him, that obey him, that keep his word. No good thing will I withhold from you. I want to use you. I have a purpose for you. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, his word says he changes not. Men may change, but God never fails. If you abide in me, says the songwriter, 
you will have victory because God never fails. And so David uh, was promoted to king. And this is what the story he married, got his wife back. Mikhail got her back, got uh, married other women, and he had concubines and he had wives. But when it was time for David to go to war with the kings, he decided to stay home. When you're out of position and out of place, it gets you in trouble. Being out of position will get you in trouble. David was out of position, and he found himself bored. The old people said, an idol mind is the devil's workshop. And so David had nothing to do. So he found himself getting up, going to the top of the palace and look over and look around to see what was going on. He might have gotten up to go over to look at Bathsheba and see was she there. Rumor is he had saw her before and wanted her before. But whatever this time he saw her, he summoned her to come in. Mm. When you get in position, you don't want to let the position go to our head. When you get in the place, don't let the place God put you in go to your head and make you feel like you got all supreme authority, all supreme power. God wants us to stay servants of him and keep low in him. And so David summoned a married woman to his bedroom. And you know what happened once you got in the bedroom. King David, who wrote the 23rd Psalm, had a relationship with a married man's wife. And she, 30 days later, was with baby. She sent a message. So David wanted to hide it, and he wanted to hide it and cover it up. So he sent for a husband, Uriah. Now, Uriah, I did a study on him. And I did a study on Bathsheba, and Bathsheba is the daughter of the queen of Sheba. That's what her name means, Bathsheba. She's royalty. She is wealthy. She has maids. And so Uriah is a lieutenant or captain in David's army, but he's also one of 37 royal guards. David had 37 royal guards. These probably are, Brother Prater, like secret service, and these are the people that guard the king's place. And so the reason why his house was so close to David because he was one of the royal guards. So he was not only David's army, the army of Israel, he was part of David's royal guard. David had at least two good reasons to stop right there. That wasn't enough. Bathsheba was the granddaughter of David's number one advisor, Timothy, the number one advisor. That's the third good reason. But David allowed lust to overtake him and he slept with a married woman. And in 30 days, she was pregnant, and in nine months, she conceived. But the baby passed because it was done in sin. And then before it passed, David brought in Uriah out of the field of, and wanted him to go in and sleep with his wife, but he wouldn't do it. He was so loyal. You have to be so loyal to your call. You got to be so loyal to what God has given you. He was so loyal that even the army men, when it was war, they would have sex with their wives. They were loyal to God's army. How many of you are loyal to God's uh, army, loyal to the kingdom of God? Lawsuit. And so David had him put on the front line, which basically was set up murder, and had him killed. And he married the man's wife. He tried to cover it up. 
trying to cover up our sin is not a good ticket at all. It's not the thing God wants us to do. When we're in error, it's, it's not right to cover up sin. He married us. But Nathan the prophet came and brought it to head and told David a story. There were two men in the city. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man had a whole lot of lambs and uh, ewe lambs and, and things. He had lots. But the poor man had one little ewe lamb. That's all he had, one little sheep. He loved him like family. And there was a traveler coming from a foreign country. And the rich man took the poor man's one little ewe lamb from him and used it to cook it and cook a meal for the traveler. And David got upset and said, who was that man? Who was that man? I'll have him killed. Why did he do it? I'll judge him. And Nathan said, David, you're the man. You are the man. You're the man. And David didn't do like Saul. He said, forgive me, Samuel. Forgive me, Nathan. Forgive me. No. He repented. He went to the house of God. And he said, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. And that's why God said David was a man after his own heart because he knew how to repent. Glory to God. He knew, but God even allowed this mess or uh, mistake or this situation that David got into to be a blessing to Solomon because now Bathsheba, who has no voice, but she is a queen and a queen's mother because her son Solomon becomes the king of all Israel. So God now gave her a voice where she began to help people and began to strengthen people. And so I just want you to know, glory to God, that God's going to give you a voice where you can help people, where you can reach out and touch people. And I declare today that your voice is being increased right now, that God is blessing you with a voice that God has said he was going to give to you. God is ordaining you to go forth and speak. And Bathsheba had, was able to help other women and other people because now she had a voice. Sometimes you have to go through all of those tough things and all of those tough challenges that you have to go through, but after you've come out, you've got a voice to be a blessing to many people and to be touched by many people. And I just decree that right now in the name of Jesus, you're going to touch many people with your voice, uh, with your life, and you're going to have victory, and you have a great destiny right before you. Amen. Okay, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. This this is something that was very well needed. You know, in the midst of while you were speaking, the sound on the pod, the audio podcast went out, and then all this and all that. But connection stayed on with the video. So what I'm gonna do for those who lost connection on the podcast audio version, I'm gonna I'm gonna extract the audio off of this video and I'm gonna post it. So. For those who may miss the audio version, don't worry, because I do have a, ma- a ram in the bush to make sure that you listen to everything because there was nothing missed on the video version. So I, I really thank God for you giving us your insight because in so many of the things that you said, I saw so much of us. I saw 
talk so much of us. First of all, you know, even when you were speaking about the position, you know, not allowing the position to go over our heads, sometimes, sometimes we do have to have some humble pie. Yes. A friend of mine, dear friend of mine, um, sweet, sweet friend of mine, um, Ashley told me the analogy years ago about humble pie. And now she knows who she is. Miss J, how you doing? Um, uh, every time I think about that, it sounded funny when it was said. But when I had to eat that for myself, that was some of the nastiest pie I ever had. That's not a literal pie, but it's a figurative pie. Because sometimes yeah. what we have to do, we have to keep ourselves in check, not just our ego, not just uh, our, if you want to say, our self-esteem or whatever, but also even pertaining to our spirit self-esteem. So many times, so many of us, we try to throw our position on people, or we try to even try to maneuver, try to manipulate our title, our, our position on those that we may be able to mm-hmm. form influence. So when, when, I, when I was hearing you speak, the key thing, of course, was it being an ordinary day. And if you think about it, mm-hmm. my dad has always said growing up, he said, in life, things seldom go according to plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to be able to maneuver because you may have a plan scheduled out, but then all of a sudden things may happen, especially you being a minister. You might be getting ready to go to the store, be back in the house in a few minutes, so you be able to take care of some more things. But all of a sudden people call you out of the blue for you to be able to come and help them, especially as a minister. We are we are on 24 hours, seven day a week call. <laughs> and to be honest with you, especially with those that you know that you love, if a certain people call, you take very seriously. It's like you stop what you're doing because you know if they call you for something, you know they really need something. Those are the ones that normally will call to check up on you, be there for you. But when they are in need, you want to stop and make sure that you help them. And so, with all of that, you know, um, you know, when, when you were speaking, I wanted you to, um, because this is on me as you were speaking. All of that, is, this is going on in, in the palace and, and all that, and these are kings and stuff. But you think about the people that you encounter, especially by the car wash. Mm-hmm. You give, you give so much. So much word to people, you know, and especially if you go to the places that most people don't like to go to. Yeah, you deal with the people that some people would walk away from or ignore. Yeah, and so if you don't mind, because you spoke about, like I said, about King David, you spoke about the king, you spoke about the lieutenant, all those. But what about in the ordinary day? What about the ordinary people that you've encountered? And that we may encounter. Can you share some of the stories that even you have a shared that we may not have caught on the last time? Can you share with us on some of those ordinary people that you've encountered? Yes. You know, I I, um, I just uh, shared today with a young man uh, um, just today, this morning. 
um, he was homeless. And, uh, you know, he wanted some food, and I helped him out. And I told him that Jesus said you would have the poor with you always. But, you know, he did, that, that word poor didn't mean poor as in money. It meant unproductive. And I said, you have to visit inside yourself and see what has made you stop producing. Producing could be from a job, a business, doing something. When we were created in God's image and likeness, we were created to produce, be a producer. So what has stopped you? And I asked him real nicely. He said, I never really thought of it that way. I like the way you put it. And I told several homeless people that in the last few months, and they all said the same thing. I never thought of it that way. And I tried to be kind to them. Uh, one of the homeless girls, I had told her um, she was in an area. I said, hey, man, can, um, you know, uh, I told her, I said, can you leave that area? Uh, they're saying you may have to leave. And so I just want you to know. She went down to the end and she thanked me. And I said, what are you thinking me for? She said, because you're kind to me. So another homeless guy said to me, he said, hey, thank you. I said, for what? you always nice to others. I said, oh, okay. And then he walked up. He said, I walked past him one day. He said, why are you always nice to us? And I said, I'm one of y'all. And he said, wow. And I want to treat myself right, so I need to treat you right because you want to me. And I did the drug dealers the same way, and they asked the question, how are you kind of us? I said, huh? Why are you kind? And um, they said, the other Christians are not kind. I was like, you kind? I said, because I'm one of y'all. And, and I would draw a lot of those drug dealers off the street. And many of them are preaching now. Uh, many people, these guys, drug dealers, ATM jackers, all kinds of different folks. But um, they love the fact that you come in contact with them and you treat them like they're somebody because they are somebody. The title should never have you putting people down. It should have you putting people up. And it should be serving people and not wanting to be served. That's what Jesus came to serve people. So we have to remember we were sent to serve people, to come into this world and to bless people. And that's the purpose of being a minister. And being called by God is to serve people. It ain't easy serving people. It can be very difficult. I saw the girl earlier. I preached to her, what was that, Saturday? Uh, Friday, maybe it was Friday. And I said, did you get your Bible? I called, talked to the lady of the business. And I said, did you give her the Bible? She said, no, we were busy up at 2 o'clock last night prepping for the restaurant. They're restaurant owners and the girl worked for the restaurant. And I said, would you make sure she get her Bible because she needs to read it, a letter to Christ. And so it's so important to be leading people to Christ each weekend, uh, getting out in the highways and byways and compelling men to come to the house of God. And all races need Jesus. All colors need Jesus. And I think I wrote this book, and I have a prayer also at the end of it for people to accept Jesus Christ. And I also have a prayer of forgiveness from fathers. And it says something like this. I'm sorry I was never there for you. 
thyroid wasn't the hospital when you had a baby, and thyroid wasn't there for you when this, and wasn't there for you to recital, wasn't there for you to gain. So many fathers have missed their children events and have weakened our children, and we need to reconnect the fatherhood back. And even if we are not biological fathers, we could be spiritual fathers to so many people who need to see our faith to be a blessing. And I talk to many of the young men I see on the street. I say, hey, how you doing, champion? What's going on, chief? And they lift their heads up, pull their pants up, because they feel good when you call somebody great. And I believe we all called to be great in God's love and likeness. And it's an honor to be serving with people like yourself, Brother Prater. And I can't want to talk about my book, Ordinary Day, because I wasn't expecting to write it, but I'm a, this is how I look, Ordinary Day. And it's by yours truly, James Turkman. This is episode one, Ordinary Day. I wasn't planning to uh, write Ordinary Day, but I feel like it was a mandate from God to write it. And since we're writing it, we've got it on Amazon. We have it on uh, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, in Walmart, uh, on Walmart, Alibri's, uh, different formats you can get it on. And all you have to do is type my name, James, T-U-R-K-N-E-P-T, Ordinary Day, and it pop up. Or you can go to my website at jamesturtnetministries.com, jamesturtnetministries.com. And so I'm just excited. We see so many people being helped. Like we did a press conference, not this Saturday, but last Saturday, about people who are being uh, neglected in the dialysis centers and they're not getting kidneys, mostly people of color. And we have uh, talked about it in dialogue. Some of them die and never get a kidney donated to them for whatever reason. There are so many injustices that we must fight for, and we must fight uh, for our right to survive. Yes. Um, what I'm going to do, uh, I have a question that came to me. Uh, I'm going to read it. And it says, it says, when he's speaking about you, when he was saying we can't let where God has taken us get to our heads, it's exciting being used by God. How do we guard ourselves from that? Yes. Can you please explain? I was, yes. I was listening to Feature um, Cadden talk about that same thing also, and it's something that that we have to um, rehearse in our ears. Faith come by hand. We have to tell ourselves. See, if you hear yourself say, "I'm humble." I'm humble, you'll start becoming humble. You may not believe me, but you'll believe whatever you say because you believe the words that you say out of your mouth. And if you say it enough, and then when you say it, you get into the practice of doing it. But you must first start speaking it out of your mouth and have a mindset to begin to start doing it. But I believe if you start speaking, I'm humble, I'm humble. It's like you speak, I'm blessed. It'll put you in that direction. And then, number two, if you start walking in that direction to try to be humble, uh, see yourself, make sure you're not answering 
uh, roughly. A soft answer turns away wrath. See, a lot of fights are dumb because somebody said something rough or rashly or really brutally. They could have said a little softer and they didn't have to make a fight out of it. Okay, that's number three. Number four, try to uh, sympathize with the person you're talking to and feel what they're going through. In other words, instead of seeing everything from your eyes, try to see things from the eyes of that person. Feel the pain. When I wrote this book, I tried to feel the pain of Bathsheba, and I got to a point I felt like she was in anxiety. She was in duress. She was stressed out and didn't know what to do. You ever felt somebody pain coming on you and you could feel that pain? And you imagine this woman had been raped by the king of Israel, a shepherd, her overseer, a political leader, figure over her, and then she's married. she got to tell her husband her mind is in disarray. Her mind is not right. She's not thinking right. I can feel it. You, you have to feel people, what they're going through. She was disturbed. My God, my God, my God. And, and glory to God, people are disturbed. And sometimes when you come to talk to people, this homeless girl, they couldn't, the police couldn't get her to leave. The security couldn't get her to leave. I said, I can get her to leave. They said, oh, the police can get her. The security can get her. I said, I can get her. No, but four or five security went up there and the police. I went up there and said, hey, how you doing? She heard me, and she turned around and said, his voice is nice. I said, what's your name? She said, Mary Jean, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. She appreciated me that I asked her her name. I said, they're not going to let her do this, Mary Jean. She started getting herself, and she started leaving. And I said, she's not going to leave. I said, look, she's already leaving. She's not going to leave. Police can get a leave. Security can get a leave. She left. All she needed was somebody to come down and come to her. And I think that's the next thing I would say, number five. Try to come down when you talk to people. When in daycare, we talk to kids, we come down lower, we lower ourselves. The reason why we do that, kids feel better with you when you eye to eye with them. And we look them in the eye. They also know we're serious when we look at them in the eye. So we come down to the level where they're at. It's important to come down to where people are. When you're in Rome, you do you be Roman. You don't try to talk to people from a high degree or from a position. You talk to people from the position of where they're at. Now, I hate to be ghetto with you, but I, I may have to. When you're down there and you're talking to uh, the cool guys, hey, what's up, partner? What's going on, man? What you doing, bro? How's it going? You know, y'all chilling? You talk to them how they talk. You, you, you know, you clap back. You, you talk to them. You're talking to them. This is their cliche. This is what they do, okay? You have to reach them where they are. And people will appreciate you when you reach them. If you want to see more souls come into your ministry and you want to see more people saved, you have to get more humility and go to the people and become the people. The reason Jesus won so many people, he became the people. 
It's not a secret. I ought to write a book on that. It's not a secret, but I'm not saying this braggadociously, but seriously, we've done it many times. Went on the streets and won 25, 30 people in one day. Easy, not easy. What's probably not easy? I shouldn't say that. That's not right. That's not appropriate. But when you practice the humble, when I'm in Korea, I'm Adashik, Ajima. Yeah, yeah, John. Anasio, I mean, hello. EDY, Shipsio, I learned them talk. I mean, come here, please. Oh, you probably know this, but Gobi, uh, Yagimandu, Ramen, they, I'm asking them, to, telling them how I want my meal. So you become them. People appreciate when you know something about them. If you're talking to um, a Spanish person, Senora, that's a lady, Senora, Amigo, you know, just become down to earth. Que paso? You know, you become those people. You you relate to those people. Gloria a Dios. Fuego, fuego, fire. You, you begin to be those people. <laughs> a lady, a Spanish pastor wanted to give me her church, all Spanish people. And I said, why me? And I was in my 20s. I can't speak Spanish. She trusted me. She said she had three people. I was number one. Well, I cannot figure out why would she pick me over all these Spanish people. I should have sick in the church. But I was thinking not out of the box. I was thinking in the box. God wants us to think out of the box. People can see your heart. She filled. I had the heart for the people. She didn't care about the Spanish. She knew I would learn Spanish. Don't be afraid to try new things. And to do something different. Wow! 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 <laughs> you know, when when, uh, when you were speaking, it was two things. It was three things that uh, that came to me. Mm-hmm. Number one, make sure that we put others before ourselves, mm-hmm. and then also making sure that we don't feel that sense of entitlement. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy for us to appreciate. If, let's say we go into a restaurant. We appreciate the manager, but we'll mm-hmm. overlook the waiter or the janitor. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing is, they are a human being too. So if you right. can, if you can respect the janitor or the waiter, then you won't have a problem being exalted because God trusts you with a higher position. God trusts you to be able to deal with people that are of a higher upsilon. But if you walk, try to walk over people down low, then he can't trust you to be up high. Yes. And the other thing that you said, the other thing that was so beautiful, because when you said that we have to learn their language. We have to understand mm-hmm. where they come from. We have to mm-hmm. understand, if you want to say, their ideology and their verbiage, their communication. We need to, be, we need to become like them. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, it made me think about how Jesus became one of us. Yes. Jesus became one of us 
in order for us to be able to become more like him. So, so, you know, it it just, in wrapping it up, where it's all in an ordinary day. When we're looking for that ordinary day, because God want to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Yeah. So, so it is it's so important. It's so important for us to understand that God want to use us. He not asking us if we're qualified. He not asking mm-hmm. us, well, what is your past? He already know our past. But beyond <laughs> him knowing our past, he know our future. Yeah. So you know it, that that book and what I, what I want to do. Um. I want to check and see, do I have anyone else that have any other questions? <clears throat> Let me see. Right now, uh, that was that one question that came to me, and I hope uh, for the person that sent me that question, I hope that he answered your question. Uh, please text me back and let me know. Um, but if you don't mind, what I want to do, um, for those who may want to Get a copy of Doctor. I call him Pastor first, which he is a pastor, but I mm-hmm. fail to acknowledge as a doctor. And doctor that's okay. Turner. I'm brother. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> um, what what I would like to do? I like to be able to kill two birds with one stone. I like to be able to. Not only to bless someone, but also to bless you. So if you don't mind, um, after we get off the air, I want to give you my information because I want to donate a book to someone who may be watching or listening. And so what I'm going to do on behalf of Reconnect My Heart, I want to bless someone. It might be a watcher or a listener right now for someone who may want to be blessed by Reconnect My Heart through, uh, excuse me, want to be blessed by Pastor Dr. Turnick through Reconnect My Heart for y'all to be able to receive this book called An Ordinary Day. I want to be able to bless someone and give them the opportunity for them to be able to feel um, from this day forth, feel that God has a purpose for them. So many times, so many people, they want to be, excuse me, they want to be acknowledged. I found that people want to be acknowledged. But we have to understand that, number one, not just God has acknowledged us, but also God has sent people amongst us that he wants you to know that you are acknowledged and you have investment within you. God has invested so much stock in us, and sometimes we're not aware of it. And it's funny, those that are not aware of how much value and stock that God has invested into them are the ones that get used by people that know their stock. Mm. In other words, many people have watched your investment versus mm-hmm. you. Wow. And even when I was thinking about the Bathsheba, how she was taken advantage of, not just, mm. like you said, not just by the shepherd, not just by the king, but somebody mm-hmm. that was close to her. Mm. And so we want on this ordinary day, on this ordinary Sunday, 
So we've had Sundays before, but on this day, we want you to know that you are more than an ordinary person. God has so much invested into you, and he wants you to be healed from what you've dealt with in that, not just unordinary day, but that unusual day that may have hurt you. It may have, uh, even the people that may have done you wrong. God wants you to be able to be healed and cleansed and, and, you know, for you to allow him to invite, be invited in that area that you may have closed off so many people. God wants you to be able to understand how much he loves you and how much he want to come in and heal you. And so the same God that did it for those in the Old Testament and that did it in the New Testament, he want to do it for you on this new day, on an ordinary day. So <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I, I really want you to be able to um, really just understand the heart that we have because I love, I love seeing people get healed. I love seeing mm-hmm. people like having that aha moment, like I got it now. And I think, mm. I think God, God, look here, and I'll be the first one to say, God has blessed this little kid right here. I thank God for it. But what I really get joy, I really get joy to see other people get blessed. Yes. I see I love to see other people get it. You know, because I hate to celebrate. Now don't get me wrong, I can celebrate and praise the worship of God by myself. But for us to be able to praise and worship God together and for us to celebrate not just for what he can do. But for who he is, oh my gosh, I love Thank that. Thank you. You know, Jesus. so you know, I, I'm, look here. I'm just a worshiper. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. just a little. I'm just a little kid that loves worship. Yes, I, I acknowledge myself as a kid. You know, but yeah. I love worship and I love what God is being able to do and can do in the hearts and mind and lives of His people. So just in case, okay, okay, she said yes. She said that she got it. She has an understanding. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. So for those who, what I'll do is um, I'll purchase the book, and I may have some type of drawing. And for those who may want to participate within the drawing, then you can uh, give me your information. You can tell me, and then what I may do, I may have um, the winner revealed next Sunday. Lord, let's say the same but if you don't mind, as we get ready to wrap up, if you don't mind, before you lead us to prayer, can you speak just in case someone who may feel like, well, you know, that sounds real good for that perfect person. It may sound real good for someone who, you know, never did anything wrong. But what about those who have a past that they feel like that? God can't deliver them. God can't forgive them of their past. And God, you know, uh, um, you know, they are too far off from God. Can you can mm-hmm. you talk to those people who may feel yes. that? Yes, I, I definitely would like to talk to those that feel like that. It used to be me. I, I was once a family where my dad was a gangster in a place called Brenham, Texas, Washington County. He was a kind of cool kid. My grandmother moved to Dallas. A better life. Um, my dad wound up marrying my mom. Her brother uh, was just happened to be one of the largest gangsters ever to be in the city of Dallas. 
in Chicago Red. And um, uh, he wanted us in the game. He was a multimillionaire. But my, I, I was a 10th child of my dad and mom, and I went to stay with my grandmother. It was a beautiful thing because my grandmother sent me to church every Sunday, and that was a blessing. And so they didn't let us into the game. But I yeah, was a child. I wanted to watch Bunny Clyde, and um, Bunny Clyde stayed in my grandmother's house for a month. And since she get disposable, they gave her a whole bunch of money. She named me James Clyde. My name is James Clyde Turkman. And so I grew up wanting to hit a bank robber and um, wanting money every, just, you know. And then at 14, when I was going to go through a robbery, uh, my uncle got caught trying to bezel money run to Mexico. It was the first time I stopped at a robbery that night and uh, decided not to do it. And then I started selling drugs and fighting every day. And I was really tough in the gangs and stuff. But, uh, God began to send a preacher to run me down and pray for me. And I thank God for that preacher. And uh, I almost got killed at 14 by three different guns, two put to my head and one shooting at me. And uh, the triggers did not even pull. They tried to, but the gun did not fire. Both guns got blocked because God had a purpose. Maybe you feel like you don't have a purpose, but I want you to know that you're not too far, that God can't reach you. God can find you wherever you are at. You're never lost when you're with God, and you're never too far gone. God can help you with wherever you're at, whatever pain you might be in. And I want you to know that I love you, and I want you to know that allow God to come into your heart. If you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, if you was to die in, in a car accident or in a situation, if you don't know if you would go to hell or heaven, I want you to repeat these words. Say, Father, forgive me. I repent of every sin and wash me in the blood of Jesus. Sanctify me and make me clean and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. This is James Turton, the author of Ordinary Day. And, again, it's in Walmart's online. It's in Barnes & Nobles. It's in um, Kindle, Amazon. I want to thank those that have purchased and Pat, I want to tell the brother Freighter that anyone that purchased through your broadcast, I like to give them a discount. Uh, uh, they are $19.99 online. Don't buy any of those other sellers. They got people out there selling as much as $62. Don't do that online. Um, I don't know those people. They're buying it and reselling. Um, but we will give it to, you know, if you get it from the ministry, uh, I will give a ministry discount of $10. Is that fair? and uh, be a blessing or give something back to the ministry because we all are helpless one to another. Amen. Amen. We'll help us one to another. If you'd like to get a copy, I'd like to give it. And at any time on this broadcast, whenever, uh, to come through this broadcast, I want to uh, give that to Brother Prager. Amen. And, and reconnect my heart podcast ministry. And I want to thank him for allowing me to come on here again. It's James Turner, Ordinary Day. Um, you can go to James com. We'll give with Brother Prater, and, uh, you know, and um, we can make it happen. And so only $10. All right, God bless you. Now, if you order it through my website, $10, but you have to pay for shipping about 5 bucks. okay? All right, about $5. So it will be 15 if you go that way, jamesturtonatministries.com. But only $10, uh, Brother Prater, Prater, only $10 anyone uh, to Brother Prater, okay? I want those who may be watching to understand that, you know, this is one of the things that 
comes to my hero all the time. He's the one that leads the church and goes into people. He goes to the people. Now, don't get me wrong. I know some people want to know this one culture without a church act. Like, I'm yes. Yes.
Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Bless you. James Church, I know that. And I God bless you. 